0: Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Scribbler. If you missed last week's episode, we talked about misconceptions of the Trinity, what it is and what it is not. We concluded that the Trinity is a term that is used by Christian doctrine that states the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost as three persons in one Godhead. It is not a term used or written in the Bible, but rather a man-made term that identifies and captures the very essence of the one and only true living God. Today's discussion will be about the model prayer, which we all know as the Lord's Prayer. Why do we call it the model prayer? And when we pray, what relevance does it have to us today? If this is your first time tuning in, we'd like to say welcome to the Apostolic Scribbler. I am your host, Yolanda osborne Khan, and thank you for joining us. So we're going to be coming from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And it goes a little like this. Pray then in this way. And the glory forever, amen. And so, from the very beginning, we notice that Jesus is speaking to his Father, and he says, Our Father in heaven. Right off the very bat, we see that he is using what we would call adoration. So we're going to use an acronym that explains the model prayer, and it's called ACTS, ACTS, A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. And S for supplication. So when Jesus is praying to his Father, he states, Our Father who art in heaven. Which is saying, my God, my Father, I appreciate you. I adore you. I love you. You know, um, there is devotion there. There is appreciation. There is admiration. And so there's deep feelings when uh, Jesus says this about his Father. And so when we continue on... When it says hallowed be thy name, this is where a lot of people start wanting to bring up, you know, hallowed. What does it mean? What is the term? Because it's not Halloween, right? And so Hallowed is something that is sacred, it is something that is holy. It is something that is glorious and is something that has been dedicated. So when Jesus says, "Hallowed be thy name," he's saying, "Sacred is thy name. Blessed is thy name. Uh, I guess like enshrined or treasured is your name in my heart." So, our Father, my my dad, my Lord, I adore you. How sacred and how lovely, how noble is your name your kingdom come your will be done so your kingdom come and your will be done is a petition your kingdom come and your will be done he's asking god like as it is on earth your will be done on earth so he's he's petitioning him lord whatever your will is let it be done here he's asking god his father lord Thy will, not my will, but let your will be done. So a petition, right? When we petition something or someone, when we um, ask, we use different things to do that. When someone takes a petition and they pass it around for people to sign and they ask people, will you sign my petition, right? If you get so many names, right? It's showing an advancement of people's belief system for this certain thing that they want it to be changed and not all the time does it work out right it it doesn't always work to the person that is trying to get the petition um to be heard but it helps because it's a plea it's um it can be a complaint it could be an appeal but really it's a request um you are asking for Lord, I'm requesting, I am pleading, I'm asking for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When he says, give us this day, our daily bread, give us this day is supplication. And so when we when we supplicate and we ask God, um, supplication is another word for um, like... Uh, asking or invoking or yeah asking so when we do that we're saying give us this day our daily bread so we only need to be concerned about today we we don't need to be concerned about the next day and the next day and the next day and this prayer is important because this prayer helps us focus on give us this day our daily bread it's not asking us to ask for Tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day When we focus on give us this day and we say this prayer this helps deal with so many stressors that are lives that we have anxiety because We're worried about certain bills that are due or worried about how we're going to feed our children or we're worried about How we're going to have gas to go somewhere or whatnot and what this is saying is don't worry about your future just Ask for today. And then the next phrase says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is confession. That is asking God to forgive us not only what we've done, right, but to also forgive what has been done to us. And so when we do this and we ask God to forgive us our trespasses, that means we're asking him to forgive All of our sins, the sins that we know we did, the sins that um, are omitted or committed or the ones that we didn't know that we did. We're confessing these sins and we're asking that whatever we have done against him, that we have a repentant heart and that we want God to wash us from that. And we we want him to give us the strength to be able to... um, not just to forgive ourselves, but have the willingness and the insight to forgive others. So um, then the last part of that is, and to lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. Well, when we say that and we ask God to not to, to deliver us and to lead us not into temptation, what we're saying is, Lord, you know what I want and you know what's best for me, but I trust you in your guidance, so keep me from that thing that continues or tries to control my life. Keep me from out of danger. Keep me from going into the wrong direction. And so in this area is, you know, whenever we don't give God control, we're showing him that we lack trusting in him. And so why we say this is lead us not into temptation is because we want to follow him and we want him to give us strength and the determination and the encouragement that we need for him to give us the strength and to be determined to trust him and then when we ask deliver us from evil we're asking him to deliver us from the prince of darkness the prince of the air the evil one who controls this earth we're asking him for the power to be able to stand and understand that we are not able to resist him in our own strength, but we need God to deliver us from the evil one. We need him and we rely on him because he knows our weaknesses and we know that he has the power to defeat the evil one as long as we are trusting and depending upon our father. And so we look forward to where God is able to lead us and to keep us from evil because we want our relationship and our fellowship with him to grow daily and so in order for us to do that we have to allow the father to be in control and so in this part we go into for thy kingdom for thine is the kingdom and thine is the power so father wherever you are is where i want to be right you 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 are everything you are created everything and so how you are in heaven is how we want to be on earth because it all belongs to you for thine is the kingdom that's what that means it's all yours and we want to be with you wherever you are to spend time with you wherever that kingdom is and wherever you are going to be for thine is the kingdom and the power you are all powerful um you know, a lot of times we we say that we believe God to supply our needs, but this prayer reminds us that God has the power to supply our needs, that he has the power to love us where we are, and that he has the power to not only forgive our debts, but to forgive our debtors, and that he has the power to save, but he also has the power over all evil, and so using this breakdown of acts, the adoration and the confession and the supplication in the Bible, the last part of this prayer, but deliver us from the evil one, is showing protection. But when we pray this prayer, it teaches us and gives us a pattern to know that when we say, and the glory, that it's him alone that we worship. It's him alone that we are thankful for. It is to God who has given us uh, salvation because the scripture says, um, you know, it is salvation, but it is by grace that we are saved. So God has given us to get to salvation and we praise praise him for that because it's everything that he has done and is doing in our lives. He deserves all the glory because he is good. And so we praise and we thank him for that forever and amen forever saying, you know, He is omnipotent, he is omniscient, he is omnipresent, he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, he is always there, he is unchangeable. And so he is the one who is, the one who is to come, and the one who will always be. And so we thank him forever. If we didn't have 10,000 tongues, we couldn't praise him enough because he just loves us so much and, and there's so many things that we deserve But because he's not giving us what we deserve, he's giving us what we need. He's giving us what we want. And so for that, we can say amen. And so that is the model prayer broken down into the acronym ACTS. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. Now, there is another part that I would like to delve into just a little bit when we talk about the last portion of the prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this portion of the prayer has been um, arguably just that this wasn't in the original scripting of the prayer when it was translated from the Greek to the English. And so after a little research, what I found um, in First Chronicles 29, 10, and 13 was David's prayer. And David um, praised the Lord, and he there's a couple of verses in this prayer where it says just this. He says it, but he goes into depth about for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I want to read first chronicles. 29, 10 through 13 to expound upon the last sentence of the Lord's prayer. David says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father, Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. And you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. So I just think that is like one of the most beautiful prayers ever. And I add this prayer uh, When I want to extend upon for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And again, if you missed that uh, scripture and where it was found is 1st Chronicles 29, 10 and 13. This, um, that latter part of the Lord's Prayer, um, a lot of the Jewish texts frequently use um, these doxologies to conclude their prayers. And so it is my personal belief that um, they just uh, reworded and made a a shorter, summarized David's prayer and added it to the end of the Lord's prayer, which gives it a nice clean finish. But um, so I will say that about that. It's not a proven fact. That is just something that um, I personally researched and read. So I'm not going to say that that is a factual statement. Um, but what I want to go into now is the basic pattern of the prayer and why we call it the model prayer because this prayer is just a model. It doesn't mean that you have to pray it exactly word by word. It's a sketch for you to pray your own prayer. And the reason why we know this is because this prayer that's given by Jesus to his disciples was the basic pattern of how to pray because later when Jesus prays himself, as well as his disciples, he doesn't adhere to the specific words of the model prayer reflected in Matthew 6. So, for example, in John 11, when he prayed for Lazarus, um, Jesus started out with, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, and I know that you'll always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, etc., etc., etc. So, Jesus didn't start off by saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your... He didn't start off by that. He started out with many of his prayers. He starts out with, Father, I thank you. And so this is really important because this goes back to the relevance of this prayer. The relevance of the model prayer is is that it is a basic sketch. It is an outline for you to fill in the things that you need when you learn to the first line our father who art in heaven when you learn to submit when you learn to adore when you learn to be thankful at the beginning of the prayer when you learn to realize that our father that he that you are expressing your faith in Jesus Christ and that at that point once you get ready to go into who art in heaven that you believe that he resides in heaven and that he is your Lord, Savior. He is Jehovah. He is, you know, all those things, Savior. He is majesty. He is all those things that we call him for the nature of who he is. And so um, this is a good place to begin when you start making the Lord's prayer personal. And when you start making it um your own then it becomes a part of you and you understanding that hallowed be thy name how sacred is your name that your name deserves my praise your your name deserves my worship that you're the god above all through all and in us all you are the one and only true god and so you're able to take the prayer and make it your own and and make it be a part of you so that it is just not this um uh, it's kind of like traditional sanctimonious, just, you know, prayer that everyone says. I love the Lord's prayer, but I do make it personal. And I believe that it is the standard that we should teach our children how to pray, right? It should be something that we know, and it should be something that resonates with us and in us. But there's a time to where you need to have the, when the rubber meets the road, that the nitty gritty of what is going on in your life, you can still pray the prayer, but you can pray it in a manner that is specific to you. And so um, that is what we are trying to do, right? In the Lord's Prayer and why it's relevant. It's relevant because as I stated previously, Is relevant to us today because it gives us an overview of who God is in the areas of adoration, being able to confess, being able to be thankful, and being able to ask. And then at the same time, he offers us protection. And that is clearly when it says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, which is Satan himself. And so I believe we've answered uh, the question that we set out to answer. Um, I also would like to uh, share that, um, you know, the Lord's Prayer is um, a wonderful prayer to start teaching uh, young people. Um, If you have not uh, memorized the Lord's Prayer, I would uh, definitely... uh, would love for you to try to do so. And again, once you've uh, mastered the memory and memorized the Lord's Prayer, then you can make the Lord's Prayer your own. And you can go and break it up and break up the sketch from line by line, from Our Father to "Hallowed Be to Your Kingdom Come, then give us this day. And then, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then drop down to, but deliver us from evil. And then the powerful statement, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. You can visit me on all social media forums at The Apostolic Scribbler. Or visit me online at the TheApostolicScribbler.com. Join us. Every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we examine and investigate the mysteries of the Bible. Tune in next time and together we may be surprised by what we find out.